Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We got a special guest in the house coming from Southern Utah area. But what's really cool is Travis has been in the content creating, the media buying space, and really delivering and getting the marketing channels out there to huge companies. Really started Chamber Media back in 2013 with just an idea and then started spinning this off into something that just grew tremendously, helping out a ridiculous amount of companies. I don't know how many, probably hundreds, right? A lot of companies, big companies like 1-800-Flowers, Purple Mattress, ClickFunnels, Transparent Labs, like so many companies doubling, tripling, 10xing or more, but just getting incredible type of revenue streams, incredible type of ROAS for all their clients and making it in a funny, creative way. Travis, one of the first videos that I saw of you, it was hilarious. You were making a video telling everybody, click the link, like join, check us out. And then your commitment was you were blinking your eyes and you just (laughs) crying eventually like, four or five, six minutes into it. This guy's just crying because is, he hasn't blinked his eyes in six minutes or something. It was crazy. And I'm watching the whole thing, just geeking out on it, laughing because just like everybody, you know, by the way, that entertainment, that, that wittiness, it's just something different, right? That's what he really stood out with to me. And that's what he did for so long. Long story short, exited the company, sold it for $17 million, which is incredible. Had 125 employees, $14 million a year. Like incredible growth, incredible transformation, something to be really proud of. And then exited just a, a couple of years ago, what, in 2021 or 2021? Yeah. And then afterwards, now, I guess you found a little love for a creative real estate side, which is awesome. That's right. Now you're doing some really just more experienced type of hotel stays that really nobody else is touching in this way. So I think it's awesome. You've already sold out a full year in advance, collected over a million from that and and so much more. So that's, that's really exciting just to see what you did back then and what you're doing right now. It's incredible, man. So how you been, man? How's everything going? It's going good. I've been at this hotel thing for two years now. And the first one is getting close to being open and it's starting to really look like something. And then the other one in Puerto Rico is like 70, 80% done. So for two years, it's been just living and breathing something that doesn't really exist yet. So I'm excited. There were some times where I'm just like, Am I crazy? Is this, <laughs> it takes so long to figure this stuff out, especially in a new, completely new career and skill set, you sure. know, just totally switching careers. Yep. You know? So, yeah. Travis, for anybody out there that doesn't know more of like who you are, like where you came from, what you ended up really developing and what you're doing now, do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view for the listeners? I grew up in the dog. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
what does Bane say? He's like, oh, I like the dark. I was born in it. <laughs> you merely adopted the dark. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in uh, Portland area, and uh, my dad worked for Monsanto. He was a national sales director for Roundup. Mm. He actually has parked since now from that. And that happened when I was about 25. And wow. I remember him, he worked so hard. He was a dairy farmer and he just, she had that crazy farmer work ethic. Yeah. And so when he got sick and then, and all the stuff came out about how dangerous Roundup is, it was a big shock for all of us. And that's kind of when the gears started turning that I was an entrepreneur. And it's like, I was just always doing entrepreneurial stuff in college. Like I did a painting company. I put on MMA fights and ice hockey arenas and like 2000 people showed up. Really? Wow. I was always doing entrepreneurial things, but because my dad climbed the ladder and I really wanted to have a family, I thought, oh, well, I want stability, you know? So anyways, when his whole world kind of came crashing down and so young, especially, it was just a big wake up call to me. And I had just had my first daughter, my first child. And I was working at 20th Century Fox as social media director. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in Hollywood, it's so competitive, especially on the marketing side, because you're not like irreplaceable talent, right? If you're like an actor or something, you're probably a little more defensible. But in marketing, there was a lot of mid senior level employees making like 45000 a year. And they had to have like six roommates. It was so crazy. So that was like my dream job. Like when I was 11, I told my parents I wanted to make commercials for movies. So that's literally what I was doing. And so that's when I, I, I left. I started Chamber Media. And then that was, yeah, that was back in like 2015, 2014 maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I grew that for seven years and it doubled almost. It, it had 70 to 100% growth for seven years in a row. But it was like a white knuckle ride the whole way. Like it was so hard. In anyone that's done the agency business knows it's so difficult to do that. And it's up and down and the algorithms are changing every time. And so like every six to 12 months, I had to reinvent the whole business model. And so anyways, that's like kind of, you know, that's the overview. Yeah. And you bootstrapped all of that, right? You didn't have any outside investors or anything. You were doing all this yourself as Facebook's coming up with new algorithms and social media in general and kind of beginning those steps. It's constantly changing and making it more difficult in so many ways for you. Yeah. I kind of started out with doing a lot of influencer deals. So playing middleman back when influencer marketing was really starting to take off. That's kind of how I paid the bills in the beginning. And First and foremost, we had done the largest influencer activation of all time at that point with this Kobe versus Messi Turkish Airlines video we did. It got like 150 million views, 3 million shares. I think it still might be the most, I don't know if it's the most viral ad of all time. I think the Harm Brothers probably have, I would think Squatty Potty maybe is the most viral ad of all time, but we definitely had the most views. But yeah, that was it. Like it was just me. I had two partners, they were still at their jobs. And after about, a year, I think we had done like 600 grand of revenue and they still weren't willing to leave their jobs. And so we split up and I got to keep the intern. Yeah. And the intern's name was Stefan. And Stefan and I ended up making partner two years later and we sold, he became a millionaire at like 27. Isn't that so such a cool thing? And, but yeah, it was, it was just me and him for the first like three years, you know, and we didn't have an office. I worked in a co-working space by the bowling alley Uh in, in LA. And eventually we moved everything to Utah and we, you know, we got to 2 million a year. Then I started going really hard on LinkedIn posts and personal branding and organic efforts. 
Yeah, that was the year where I realized no one really wanted to follow an ad agency. But I was like, but maybe they'll follow me as a person. Because I noticed whenever I posted personal stuff, it just did a lot better. And that year, we went from two to three million just from the personal branding efforts. Like I went on a speaking tour and and I wasn't getting a ton of reach. It was like 50 likes on a LinkedIn post or something. And I wrote an, a LinkedIn article called Having Children Destroyed My Career. Just like a negative bait headline. And that that, that article did really well. It was actually about how it like destroyed my career and saved my life, basically. Yeah. And then it was that year, 3 million, that we launched this new program with this cheaper offering that we could scale. And at that time, we were like 12 employees. I was struggling to make payroll. I, I needed to lay people off, but I didn't have the heart to do it. So we launched this program that was cheaper. It was like four or $5,000 a month for this program. Because at that time, pretty much our minimum for anything was like 15 grand. Because we wanted to be a lifestyle company, stay high ticket, stay small, stay highly custom. Because I never wanted to have like a big company. And then it just, we started running ads for that. And then it blew up to 100 employees. And, and then bro- brokers started hitting us up to, to, to go to market to sell. And we went with one of them. And six months later, they wired me like six and a half million dollars. And I still remember waking up and seeing a text that said, Merry Christmas, open your bank account. Because it paid early for some reason. I don't know. They paid before the close date. Really? Yeah. And then we didn't we didn't get the rest of our earnout. It was like of 17 million, 5 million was earnout. So we got 12 million. And the part of the deal is we bought back 3 million worth of the company. So me and my partner still on like 20%. And then he got like two and a half million. And then there was some escrow and broker sheets. So I had up like six and a half million. Okay. But, so, so right now you still yeah. have equity in the company. Are you doing any royalties or anything? Or is it basically just like you get 20% or so? So I think I own like 20, I own like 18 or 20%. My partner owns like seven, something like that. They still pay me 50 grand a year to be on the board and to run my old ads and stuff. And so yeah, I yeah. still consult the president, like we'll meet once a month and talk about problems and challenges. But um, pretty soon after selling, they, they're kind of like, all right, dude, like <laughs> stay in your lane, man. Yeah. You move it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How was that for you? You know, some people that build up their baby, right? And like all the sweat, blood, tears, the, the tough times bootstrapping from nothing to something, something amazing, by the way, and making such an impact that can be a tough for anybody really just trying to let that go. So how was that for you? You know, the stress had really built up on me. It was that run from like 20 employees to 100 really messed me up. And I was not living where the office was. So I live in Boise, Idaho, and the office was in, in near Salt Lake Okay, um, in that area. So I was having to fly down there, but I didn't really have tons of like control down there. I had to really rely on a lot of people. And so it was very stressful and we just, things were just kept scaling and growing. So we're like, all right, well, let's just keep growing then. Like, let's just go for it. But yeah, when we sold it, like my health was so jacked up, but it was good. It was good. I sold it because I finally, once it was and it, and it took, it took me like five or six months to like kind of transition from sure. running it and helping, helping it transition in, into the new stuff. But then, yeah, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sick. So I, I started doing all this stuff to get healthier, which worked. Thank goodness it worked, but it was only after I'd sold it that I started realizing like how hard and stressful it was. Yeah. You know, I had to really learn how to 
just like slow down, you know, and not, I'm sure you've felt that. Have you ever felt that before where you've had some big project or some year long push or writing your book Yeah, and right now. you're done with it? Yeah. Right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's a bunch yeah. of things. It's like, I think in today's society too, like as you're building something amazing and if you're a visionary person and you have big goals and dreams for this, it's very easy to put a lot on your plate and then start stacking it up. And it's like, holy cow, like when is this going to slow down or end? Yeah. Uh, and, and hopefully there is an end in mind. And if you don't see that ahead, it's good that the market kind of brought that to you. Just you know, by coincidence of you building out something so amazing that everybody wants a piece of it, which is great. Brandon, is your core business, is it heavier in the education side or what's the core? Yeah. So we started real estate investing back in 2015 and we brought that up to 8.5 million in real estate assets. And we collect about 48,000 a month off, off of, I call it passive income. I still have to do a bunch of work, but a lot of it's, you know, short-term rentals or, or long-term. But how we got started was all with credit. So we basically started teaching people in 2017 and then going official 2019 on teaching business owners how to get up to 500K every six months at 0% interest. So that's what we do at Credit Council Elite. We teach people how to fix credit quickly, boost up their score, get a ton of funding from the banks, and then leveraging it into real estate, ideally, or whatever they're passionate about. Yeah, I'm going to need your help at some point because... When I sold the company, the banks didn't want to lend to me because I didn't have income. Yeah. Can you believe that? And then my problem was the reason I'm in creative real estate right now is because real estate was at an all-time high. So I couldn't buy anything normal without, you know, just, yeah. And then I couldn't go in the stock market either because it was at an all-time high. So when I sold, it was actually the top month of all time for valuations of everything. Companies, wow. real estate, and stock. What a blessing. So I just, I know, like, it's part of the reason we got such a good valuation, but it was also the reason I couldn't put money anywhere. So I met with all these financial advisors, yep. and they all they all gave me this plan that works 99% of the time in history. Yeah. But at that time, I went and reviewed just a few months ago four of their, their prop proposals, and I'd be down 40% right now on, on every single one. Yeah, And I even called a couple of them uh, like a couple months ago. And I'm like, hey, uh, this is where I'd be at right now. They're like, yeah, you were right. You know, you wow. were right. So I was like, okay, I really want to be in real estate because I want to have an asset that generates income without having clients to manage, without it being up and down all the time. So I did this really comprehensive study about on the short-term rental space. <clears throat> and I was like, I want to find the highest return real estate asset class that there is. And I found this is the same thing I did with ads. And this is what blew up Chamber Media. So I built a, a taxonomy for ads. I studied 60,000 ads and, and categorized the top performing ones by industry. I call it the brain study. <laughs> so I did the brain study on AirDNA. And I found out the highest return asset class is small footprint couples getaways. So couples getaways have the highest occupancy rate. Because a lot of people work from home now. So sure. they'll go and they'll go stay at this place for two, three, or four days in the middle of the week. And I've yeah. got a I've got a lake house in central Idaho up on, on a lake looking at a ski resort. And it's like six hundred to twelve hundred a night is kind of the spread, but it's only full eight months of the year, seven months of the year, and the rest of the time it's just totally empty. And it's because it, it takes multiple people to go. 
Whereas these couples getaways, they're in that $300 to $600 a night range, and people will spend that. So then I started going down the list of all the other parameters that really got the highest occupancy and the highest ROI. And, you know, there was all sorts of features like floor to ceiling glass, proximity to a national park, the strangeness. We did a strangeness ranking, and there was a really high correlation with strangeness and ROI. So that doesn't mean like luxury or ultra high end. It just means strange. Like my friend, Christy Wolf's uh, Idaho Potato Hotel. Uh-huh. You know, you're in a potato and there's a cow outside and it crushes. So there were all these parameters that we found. And then I started layering on new theories. And I'm like, okay, so this is what works, but how can we be original? Let's add something even more on here. Yeah. And... So I started adding like this movie set element where it makes you feel like you're in a movie and it's almost like an IP ripoff. So I was like, well, what's the biggest fan base in the world? It's Star Wars. So why don't we just make a Star Wars inspired project with no IP infringements? And sure enough, we run the ad. Everyone knows what it is. Sure. You can't sue us. There's no infringements. Yeah. So we invented our own world, our own universe. There's like a seven-hour podcast about this place with a fictional backdrop. When you go there, there's signage throughout the property explaining how like the clay there increases longevity. And then our reservoir is like a spaceship crash there. And there's all these backstories and stuff. And so we ran the ad and we did this $50 VIP free reservation thing. And we spent $200,000 on ads in a month, and it only cost us $30,000 out of pocket because people were paying $50 to lock in a discount. And it was a 30% discount, 30 to 50% discount. And so, so our customer acquisition cost was almost nothing. Actually, until the last two weeks, we were at a break even. So like, I was spending $0 to acquire reservations up until the very last two weeks. We launched you, Indiegogo. It sold out did, in like three days. You did that for how long? It was one month? About six weeks. Six weeks? Two, two or three weeks. Two or three weeks of testing and then four weeks of heavy spending. Like, I think it was like, what were we spending? Yeah, I, we were, it was like three to $6,000 a day at, yeah. at various points. And, and we're, we didn't invent this. This company, Launch Boom actually like sells this course on how to do this. It was funny because we hired them thinking they were going to run the campaign for us. And yeah. then we found out it was a course. We were yeah. like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. But the course was very valuable. Yeah. And then I also called all the other people who had done the same, this campaign. There was two or three projects that had done it before us. One was called Oculus Lodge. Another was called The Mirror House or something like that. There were a few other successes. So anyways, yeah, we sold out $930,000. 90% of that sold out in the first three days. The other 10% sold out at like the last three days of the campaign. We kept wow. the campaign open for three weeks. Uh, Christy Wolf, she's like the queen of Airbnb, creative Airbnbs. She's yeah. really big here in the Rocky Mountains. She did, I think she did four or five, maybe 600 grand on her, her treehouse lookouts with the same strategy. So for your audience, I'm just saying... If you can build a unique, you know, Airbnb property like this, if you can get it to like 50 or 60% complete, you could do the same kind of strategy sure. to pre-sell the inventory. But 
it's not enough money though to build because obviously like one year of sales is not enough to build right because these unique airbnb properties usually take two or three years to recoup like a 30 percent cash on cash return is pretty typical how Um, how much anticipating on spending on this project like the one out there how many will it actually so outpost x originally was supposed to be four units with no common area. And that was going to be 1.6 million. Okay. We decided after the success of the campaign, we decided to go to seven units. And then we spent about $400,000 on a common area. Yeah. So that we will be able to expand in the future. And so we're going to be about 3.2 million. And then I assume you bought that land first and then you're, it's kind of like, it's it more, I wouldn't say the middle of nowhere, but uh, you have, you know, as far as permits or what you can do with everything, you can kind of build whatever you want to a certain degree out there, right? The county has been pretty strict with us. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. They, they've actually cost us four or $500,000 in unnecessary expenses. Ah, uh, like, <laughs> the whole Yeah. Scene. Like they made us turn over a mile of soil for our road, three feet deep. And I've talked to two different engineers. They both said that that's completely unnecessary. Then they also were on a dry lake bed. They made us put the septic tanks 200 feet away from the units. So I've got 30 feet, 30 foot deep septic tanks up there. So anyways, it, it's been a huge challenge, but I really look at it and I'm like, I don't think I could have done it for that much cheaper, even knowing what I know now. Yeah. But I think it's going to be worth it. Like building on a dry lake bed in a big water basin of a valley is not easy. No. But I think that's what's going to make the experience. Even now, like when people show up who haven't seen it, they get out of the car and they're just like, yeah, what the hell? It, what it does look like an insane person. Yeah, it, it looks wild out there. <laughs> and just from the videos that I saw, like that unique touch to it, the experience and everything that you guys are creating there. It is one of those wow factors of like, this is completely different. I've never seen anything like this. It, it does look like it's a part of a movie. So getting to be in there with your loved one and kind of have a little getaway, it makes so much sense. So when it came down to the content and creating the ads and everything for that, what did that process look like? Yeah, so I really studied the Oculus Lodge, their mm-hmm. ad. And his focus was really strong on like getting away from your everyday life. How do I say it? It was very like mission-based, very emotional. So he he wasn't really doing a heavy feature s- sale. He was really focusing on like the emotion and, and, and identifying with feeling stressed out and being email and meetings and phone calls all the time and just getting away. Like nice over here, get away from that. How do you do that? You do it with us over here. Yeah, his first minute of his video is really just drilling in on that, which is very unusual and was very intuitive of him to do that. So we did the same thing and we tested tons of variations, but just like Chamber Media, it's, you know, it's funny because a lot of people in our, our space, they'll make like 20 different variations to test. And they say like the more variations they test, the better it gets. For me, it's always been the opposite. Really? It's always the first ad that's exactly like I wrote it that just crushes yeah. Because then the other variations are kind of like overthinking almost. It's always yeah. like, for me at least, it's the intuitive one that usually doesn't 
follow all of the things you're supposed to do. And it's uh-huh. got some randomness to it. And that was the case with this. Um, and there were a bunch of like, you know, there's some typos and, and the edit wasn't fully finished, but it just started scaling. So like, all right. And that's, yeah. that's how my chamber media ads work too. We get a lot of comments. People are like, this looks like it was filmed on a VHS camera in the early 2000s. I'm like, yeah, it it's yeah, yeah it's, it's done 20 million in sales. So who cares? Yeah. I wonder if people see it and they're like, oh, that kind of looks like, I, I think I could afford these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? You know, when I saw it, I was like all, all the different content and pieces and then the statistics behind how much you guys are really pushing and growing businesses and companies that invest in it. I was like, oh my God, these guys gotta be something ridiculous. Like I'm talking millions, you know, to get a part of this. But I recently invested with the company. So I'm glad that you're still actually a part of it in some form or fashion. Cause when I first saw, I didn't notice that you actually sold it originally. I was like, oh damn, I wanted to, you know, support and obviously grow our company more. But it's good to see that you still have a, a piece of it and they still seem like they're crushing it, have a very good creative comedic type of spin to things and very educational on how to overcome objections a, a hell of a lot faster. It, it, it actually, the company tanked after I sold it. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> it, it tanked, but to their defense, the whole industry tanked. Yeah. The whole e-commerce industry shrunk. Wow. Because of the iOS update with ads targeting. And then also just the post COVID people were going back to physical shopping. Yeah. So yeah, it's doing like half the revenue that when I was there and it's, it's down to like a third of the employees. Um, yeah, that was really hard to watch, really hard to see, but yeah, story from the day. Yeah. So (laughs) it's starting to turn around now in more of a a positive light. Now it's growing a little bit. It's, Yep, they're starting to grow. They're doing actually better on the ad management side than we ever did. Um, Fine. I never crushed it on the ad management side. They're doing really good on that side of things. So yeah, they've stabilized and they're they're growing it back. Now they've, they just promoted the head of sales to president. And that's, I think, the reason it's turning around is he's really doing a good job. And it's got to be a sales-driven organization, you know? Is that Ian? No, his name's Taylor. Yeah, Ian's on, he's one of the sales guys. Yeah, he's a gangster. I, I like that guy. Yeah. And did, he did really he's, good he, uh, follow-up. And I was like, man, if I just had salespeople that, that were more like you, I feel like we would help out a lot more people. Sales, so. Ian's great, man. He's been there through the whole rise, the whole thing. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's incredible. So at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of other companies out there doing similar things like Harmony Brothers, for example, and they're actually in my backyard for San Diego. But is that uh, Raindrop? Yeah, Raindrop is actually in my backyard. Yeah. Raindrop's uh, great. They, they do great work. I gave their founder, Jacques, a, a hard time because their ads are the same as our ads. Um, really? It's funny too, because the Harmony Brothers, we had a mafia ad. And they now they've got a mafia ad. It's just funny. I love it, dude. I love it because we're we were just at the table and eating at the table, yeah. and it was so funny. It is a good one. Yeah, we made a mafia ad like a couple of years ago. Now it's funny because we used to be really small. Like Harm Brothers were just exploding, and we were we were kind of like twelve people. Yeah, 
but when we we launched that new model, we really took off and and then like we started running ads. And at that time, interestingly enough, you had a lot of info product guys running ads, like Billy G, yeah. you know, but they were not running ads as an agency. They're running ads for info products. And no agencies really like ran ads per se for to sell their own creative stuff. So we were one of the first, and now everyone, not everyone is running ads, but it makes sense. Like if you're an ad agency, you should be running ads yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but at that time, no one did that. Right? Yeah. 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 Yes. So you guys really stood apart originally with yours and just, you know, like nobody else back then was really running their own ads for, for themselves. And I think a lot of companies still like Chamber Media is really one of the few that actually still has it in house though, correct? And has their own media buying team and so forth versus a lot of other companies, they outsource it to another, you know, they stick in their lane and kind of don't branch outside of that. Yeah, it's cool that you see that. That was the main theory when we started. Because when I was at the creative agency in LA, everything would get shipped over to production and then it would get shipped over to media buying. So there was three different, completely yeah. different companies. And so that that was our main theory is like, if we put all of this under one roof, it will probably get higher performance. So that was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I just saw it as like, God, the you know, we fired out other companies in the past that they're great in their lane, right? But for some reason, it still gets like watered down because they're not in-house to understand exactly what we're looking for, the vision, the mission and everything else. So it can easily get diluted. And so I yeah, really like how you guys had it all in-house. Have you ever come across Mute 6? Mute 6? No. So Mute 6 was like... They sold for, I think, 70 or 80 million. Wow. And they did kind of the same thing. Like, they really crushed it on the ad management side. And we really crushed it on the creative and production side. Yeah. You know? And then we we started getting bigger on the ad management. They started getting bigger on the creative side. But yeah, they did the same thing. Like, they brought a lot of stuff in-house and it really made a big difference. Yeah. So, but they shrunk like 56% after they sold as well. Really? Like the whole, and yeah, the whole industry... Just crazy. Did they sell around the same time? Is it timing thing or is it just a... Yeah, I think they sold about six months before we did. Okay. So it's it's that timing of right after COVID and, and IP really changing up algorithms and so forth, making it way more difficult for media like, buying. Yeah. Like you usually want to go to market when things are good. You, yeah. you don't want to go to market when things are bad. And at that time, it was just, we were just pumping pumping. And it was just two years of, I mean, it went from 3 million to 6 million to 14 million in three years. So it's like, that's the time to sell. You know, I've got a friend right now. He's actually an investor in Chamber Says, and he's just pumping right now. I'm like, dude, sell it. He's like, no, no, no. Or I'm going to double it one more time. Then I'm selling. No, no, no. Go to market, dude. Go to market now. Like when you're in a service business, you just, when you're in any business, look at GoPro, man. Look at GoPro. Look at all these companies that have these meteoric rises and then they they disappear like Peloton or so it's just like, you know, it's just some people think, oh, this thing's going to last forever. But I think the life cycle of businesses is just a lot shorter now than it used to be. Yep. Just because of e-commerce, because of the internet, you used to be able to get your market share and really stick your claws into it, you know? But like one of the hardest industries to break into was beverage. When a beverage company reached out to us, we were like, 
No, thanks. That's the land of death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coca-Cola just owns everything. They're like the, the original gangster of that. Well, now they got, they're just they got enough capital to bury somebody. Like they're not going to even let you breathe. They're not going to let you get shelf space in a Seven Eleven unless <laughs> you know. But but now like they have to buy up everything because now everything's taken off. Now like you know you've got Liquid Death exploding. You've got Hint Water explode. So it's just the pace of innovation now is so much quicker that consumer packaged comp- goods companies in particular they have to just be like pretending that it's over next year all the time. There is like no coasting in that space. And it's happening in software too. Like look at all these SaaS companies having these huge layoffs, you know, AI is starting to automate programming. So like a lot of programmers are are not as, as valuable as they used to be. So it's, it's crazy. I mean, Chamber, I think we had like a 12 person writing staff and the writers were the first ones to go. Really? Because yeah. of, ch- because of chat GPT, you yeah. You could write one page of scripts and then all of a sudden have three pages and whittle it down and even have like the jokes and stuff that you needed in some cases, you know? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So how do you think, how do you think AI is going to- That's why I'm in, that's why I'm in real estate. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I transitioned. That's the whole point of all of this. Yeah. This is why I'm in real estate. (laughs) And this is also blues. This is also why I'm in blue collar work now. It's because blue collar is the one thing that AI is not coming after yet. And all the baby boomers retired and they're the ones that, that know how to do everything. They know how to drill wells and fix HVACs and do roofing and lay foundations and do electrical and plumbing. And our generation doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And so I couldn't even get people to my project in the 2021 construction boom. Really? So... Yeah, everything was so overpriced, lumber, labor. So I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just yep. going to do this just like I did Chamber Media. I'm going to do it myself. It's going to cost me an extra half a million dollars in mistakes. It's going to be painful. It's going to be miserable, but I'm just going to do it. And but you're now G- I know. What's that? But you're GCing the project and you're actually putting in work as well and doing certain things, learning labor traits. Yes, I've been in all the little areas. You know, I just did like a 60 hour week, a uh, week and a half ago, putting up slow rock panels. We put yeah, up 4,000 square feet of faux rock in a week. Now sick. I know how to do that. Yeah. So don't put me on electrical or plumbing though. I, that's, I can't touch any of that, but, <laughs> but like the, the easier stuff, yeah. you know, but yeah, like, you know, of the maybe hundred people that I consider doing really well right now that I know. A good half dozen of those are running roofing companies. Yeah. And they're just dominating. Washing so, it. Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of real estate for that reason, you know? Yeah. Especially like the creative, one-of-a-kind real estate stuff that is more, more difficult to do and it prevents other... So what I'm doing is I had to build with cash because I could not get this stuff financed. And I'm, I'll be at a year a year and a half of revenue in the next six or seven months. And then I think I'll be able to finance both of these hotels. But I actually, I was getting strapped on cash because I'm over budget. So I went out there, I started pounding the pavement to find a private lender. Oh, for sure. You should definitely go like fun style, you know? Yeah. So I, I found this guy in Boise who runs a $600 million real estate fund. Yeah. He's done, um, He's done really great returns for like 15 years, 10 or 15 years. 
And then he also has acquired a bunch of businesses too. So not only only is he like a real estate fund, but he's also verticalized in construction. So he owns a construction company. He builds like 200 homes a year. He's got his own cabinet shop. He's got his own design team. And there's two other companies he owns. So he's, he's a verticalized construction company and a fund manager. So he's like, he's this unicorn person that doesn't, not supposed to exist. And he's obsessed with what we're doing. So because I needed more money, I was able to find this guy and he did provide us a private loan. And so now we've got this bridge loan and we'll be able to refinance in six or seven months. But I think now together, we're going to go and try to do a hundred million dollar fund and yeah. build these things because yeah. if we really can nail a 30% cash on cash return in real estate, it's a real estate asset that operates like a business, has business type returns. Granted, it's it's a lot more work than an apartment building. It's a hotel. So you've got guests, and but it's not rocket science. Yeah. And, and, and so like you guys have the spin to it that this is in a unique location. It's a unique experience that you guys are creating. And the experience alone is, you know, making all the details, it's going to cost. But coming up from ground up construction, you know, it's going to be a pretty penny. However, it will be the craziest ROI after, especially with your background on the marketing aspect and filling it. That's not going to be an issue. So you can already project what this is going to turn into. You just need to get it done. And so getting it done and what's in it for the investors, it's going to be a no brainer. But real estate's so amazing for the tax benefits, the appreciation, the cash flow, and what it can do for the longevity of generational wealth in the long run, which is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing I had to learn, Brandon, is like how slow real estate moves. Yeah. That was a new thing for me. And and that's kind of, honestly, I kind of like that because e-commerce moves so fast that it's- yeah, It's different. It's really different. It's like really quick. Got to keep an eye on it. Everything could change. Yeah. I mean, you, you know how that is. One thing works today. It doesn't work where... So I, I kind of like how slow real estate is too. The other thing I've noticed too, Brandon, is like, as I'm getting into this world, I'm realizing a lot of real estate guys- end up getting really good at e-commerce and info products because inevitably with real estate, you kind of reach the end of your leverage for a certain yeah. period of time. Like I'm at that point right now, like I've used my cash and now I'm at the end of my leverage rope, right? Now, fortunately, I've got like 80% equity in both of these projects. Yeah, that's um, good. good. So I'll be able to refinance I'll be able to get all my money back. Then I'll have all this revenue history. Then I'll go get loan for five, six, seven X, right? On a 20 year term. You got to get the credit, man. Get the credit and then be able to put it to work. That's what you need. Yeah, I I need to go through your program for sure. (laughs) But anyways, I just noticed all these real estate guys, they end up up going to e-commerce because you can only maximize your leverage because then you get to the point where you've got to have a pool of private, private investors and lenders. Because yeah. that's what the real estate game really is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. using other people's money and, and then putting it to work. So that you yeah, can grow I, I, doing it, bootstrapping it by yourself, you're you're limited and capped at so much, especially with what you're looking to accomplish. You need other people to buy into that vision. But you gotta get started, right? And yeah, that's the genius. That's the genius of what you're doing. It's you're providing the way for people to get started. Mm-hmm in this thing. Cause once you have momentum and a track record, then you're good. Yeah. You know, like the only reason this guy, this, this lender jumped on the wagon is because we had sold out the first hotel, you know, 
if we hadn't have done that, he, he wouldn't be into it. But I, I heard, you know, guys like Ryan Pineda, I hear that, you know, said yeah. do a YouTube video and he'll raise seven million in a weekend. Yep. Yep. And what's so interesting is, so I'm waiting on all this stuff to happen, right? And I'm like, ah, I just, it's been two years since I've made money. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to make money. I want to feel that. So I, I just launched this personal branding boot camp thing where we make you 60 videos, 60 thought leadership videos. So two months of content and it's crushing. Like we just yeah. opened it last week and there's only 40 spots. We've already sold 15 spots. It's eight grand a piece. But as I'm doing this, I get served this ad from Ryan Pineda where he's doing a personal branding workshop in Vegas and it's like four or five grand and it's just for education. And I'm like, okay, if a guy like Ryan is also doing this, yeah, you know, and he's able to raise all this money in real estate, then that means real estate's just the foundation of what you're supposed to be doing. But you're also supposed to be doing e-commerce. You're also because for me it was like, oh, doing e-commerce for me is like going backwards. But then no. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's it's a big part of everyone's pie that everyone should be doing. Well, oh, it it's the personal brand. And so the personal brand, just like you said originally, you know, like nobody trying to scale the, the business brand, nobody's going to click. Nobody gives a damn, right? But when it comes down to that person, that human touch, that's totally different. People can relate. People want to see the hero journey or they want to see you completely fail. You know, the negative aspect of, you know, just like the LinkedIn, the, that negative post that you made, like having children wrecked my career, you know, that right there, that negative, like it's going to attract people like flies basically. And so the whole personal brand is really the key component here because it starts off with the know, like, and trust. If you get in front of a million people that get to see you because of your personal brand, then maybe you get a hundred thousand that get to, you know, you have a million that know you now, you get a hundred thousand that like you, and then maybe you'll get 10,000 of that, that actually trust you. And then all those no like and trust factors that turns into, hey, you got 10,000 people that could potentially be paying customers if you just educate them properly on, you know, what the hell you got and how it could bless them and serve them. And if you make it a no brainer and the value's high enough, then it's a done deal. So that personal brand aspect, that should be something that we never give up on because, you know, people, especially with what you've created, I mean, yeah, it's a, that's a, it's a damn no brainer. So right now you have a boot camp basically going on. You you created forty spots for this. It's just been a week basically, and so you've already got fifteen that you've closed on. And so the deliverables on this are basically going to meet up with you in person in the beginning of the year. Yep, in January it's ten people at a time up at my lake house, cool. and it, it's like two and a half days, and it's we write. We film and then we edit 60 videos for you. And then we have snowmobiles on the lake, sauna, front eye on my breath work. My nurse practitioner is there to help you get bio-optimized. My private chef is there. It's like a full-on, you know, dive into your purpose, dive into your story. You've just done like breath work and you've just... And I've done three of these now. And some people in the breath work that will do front eye on my breath work and then they'll go jump in the lake, frozen lake. Dude, some people like met their ancestors. Some people have like had flashbacks. Some people like they just they're like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's like a breakthrough thing. It's really cool. It's kind of spiritual in a way, actually. And it's funny because I just launched ads for this and I wasn't sure how it was gonna do. 
and it's like 40% lead to scheduled call rate. And then it's a 40% call to close rate. So it's the highest close rate I've ever seen on anything I've ever done. And so now I'm like, well, maybe I should just do a hundred person event at Outpost X, the, that hotel down in Southern Utah. You know, and so it'd be like entrepreneur wellness thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, you 100% should. People will definitely go to that. They want to be a part of that. See what the hell you're doing and how you're getting it out there. I mean, the marketing aspect, you have some like a God-given gift that is something very unique. Just like you said, that that first video that you normally put out, that's the one that does the best when everybody typically goes backwards and it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of efforts and overthinking it. So yeah, man, you got something. That's unique. just uh, That's just hundreds of failures. And yeah. the pain of failure in that part of my brain saying, okay, we got to make sure we do this, this, and this. Otherwise, we're going to have the pain, the pain of failure. And now I've got that with the hotels too. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not hire every alcoholic in the valley. Let's, let's like not hire alcoholics anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're showing up to the job site with a hangover or a six pack. That's not good. Yeah. So, Travis, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive into, um, your whole system. I'm really pumped, man. How does the program work? Uh, for Credit Counts Elite? Yeah. So it's an online course and then education. So we we end up giving coaching customer success managers assigned to each person. And within 30 to 90 days, we know that we can teach people how to be able to improve credit, boost up their score to the 800 FICO score, and then afterwards be able to complete a mass apply. It's an application sequence where when done correctly, you'll get a 90% approval odds. So anywhere from like 10 credit cards to 50 cards over a 30-day time frame. So that's where you'll get, you know, uh, 500K. People haven't gotten 650, 642, 627, but 487, 380, stuff like that. We we had somebody just start their, their first mass apply just last week, Mo, and he's seven days in and he collected 218,000 so far. But he still has like 10 applications that are pending. So I think they're going to come in a bunch more. So he, I think he's going to crush it. And is it usually, what's the credit score you want to have? Is it high 700s, 800s? You want to get to the 800 club, but it's not just all about the score. There's 25 moving pieces to, to truly get a 90% approval on how they're judging you. You know what's killed me the last two years is the my lack of income has yeah. killed me. Yeah, and so all of this it doesn't matter. You don't need to show proof of income or documentation. We've done it with 18 and 19 year olds that have no job or 70 year olds. That's really cool. I wonder, wow. I should hit you up about doing this as a case study or an experiment. I have a third acre down the street from my cabin. I really been wanting to do a Viking village on it. Yes. And I, I know it would crush. I know it would crush. And I just like, it's only a two or three unit property. So, it wouldn't be a part of the fund if I do this fund because that's got to be 25, 30 unit things. Sure. But but it'd be really cool to go do that on that. But um, but yeah, just like side sidebar, someone met with the bank after we sold and they're like, yeah, we can't lend to you. I'm like, what? How much money are you guys making off of this cash that this team in? Yeah. You guys, they're like, you've got to have income. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So if I had a $200,000 a year job, and instead of having six and a half million dollars of cash, you would finance this house I want to build. They're like, yeah, of course. 
It's like, what the heck? Are you kidding me? It was so, I was so irritated, dude. But it's because the banking model, right, is like, they don't want to lend to people with cash. They don't want to lend. They want to lend to people who are stuck on that loan for 30 years. And you want you to net up. That's what the banks get paid when they lend out. So the banks want to lend to you. They just want a low risk and a guaranteed win for them. And they also want you to mess up down the road. So a lot of the 0% interest, it, you know, you can get 0% interest for up to 24 months. A majority is 18 months. But the whole goal with that is for because a majority of America will mess that up over time. You know, so therefore they, they give you the little carrot and dangle it so that you mess it up. But you can use that to your advantage as well if you're a good steward with the funding. Zero percent interest? Yeah. What? How does yes. that work? All, all, all of these, zero percent interest. The the credit that we teach people how to oh. get, zero percent. For how long? For typically it's up to twenty-four months, but on average it's eighteen months. Whoa. Yeah, and you can read Dude, I need to get more I need of it to, every uh, six months. It's what? I need to I need I needed that I needed that really bad like six months ago. Two, two months ago. Mm. I got you, yeah, because we'll talk about I would love to serve you with it. Because I, I get a, a very high interest private loan, bridge loan. Sure. Which I just doubled when it's like, oh, I could have just done a zero percent interest play here. Yeah. How much was it that Dang you it? needed? Oh well, how much, how much I think get? it Six, I think six hundred thousand. Six hundred k. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna refinance these in six to eight months, probably something like yeah. that. So yeah. it would have been because it just gets crazy. If not, right? The it's, longer you, it's fu- it's funny because my investor, he was like, by the way, strange, funny sidebar. He came to my retreat. He came to two of them. At the end of the one, he just handed me a check for four hundred grand. And I was just like, what is this for? He's like, I'm buying into Chamber States. How much can you give me? And I was like, I'll give you this much. He's like, done. Here it is. <laughs> what? Don't you want to like... Impressive, but I like it. <laughs> don't you want to like go through our numbers? Or he's like, no, I just believe in it. Anyways, but he said, he's like, personal brand. Yeah. He's like, he's like, Travis, just go get a zero interest credit card. Yeah. He said that like two months ago. And I just, I don't know why I didn't do it. But Yeah. That's cool, man. What a cool like strategy. So, so that's how I got started into real estate. I came up broke. Like I didn't have I was working in restaurants. I didn't have any money saved. I, I was in like eleven K worth of debt. So it's just that nonsense. Like, you know, my family grew up on section eight and didn't have any money type of thing. So therefore it wasn't even an option. I didn't even know I could raise money from people or they would believe in me. So I just figured it out from the banks. And the only option that they gave was credit cards, 0% interest. And then I figured out how to just liquidate the cards into cash into my banks and then use it as cash. But also paying contractors because real estate investors and contractors, it's typically like a whole different breed. And so a lot of real estate investors get screwed over one way or another down the road with contractors. And so I always paid with credit cards to the contractor so that I get the protection. If they don't do what they say before and after pictures, scope of work, then I don't need to hunt them down or take them to court. I just call up and it's like a mini court case with the credit card and and the actual contractor. And then it typically gets done how we need it to with like a mediator, you know? So, so you're also using the legal power 
of financial system with your contractors. Yeah, I call it like the insurance behind it, the the protection insurance. Yeah, because the credit card company can revoke. Yeah, the contractors pay, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that is so awesome because yeah, contractors really are just unreliable. It's very often. Yeah. And that's why, you know, as long as you have it written down and there's full transparency, just like any relationship, especially business relationship, there needs to be communication, full transparency. I I like to give a pain point, but also a reward for getting things done, making sure you're showing up. But if they don't... It's genius. It's genius because you now have complete control over the the, the payment. And I've probably lost two or $300,000 over the last decade from yeah. contractors taking the money and then not finishing the work. I've had yeah. that happen so many times. So so with your credit card saying you have complete leverage. Yep. And so a lot of people- It's almost like you almost want to tell them that up front. Be like, look, I'm paying you with a credit card. If you don't finish on time, I have the power to take that money back without yeah. going to court, without chasing you. Or, you know, I've sent people to people's houses. <laughs> they knock on the door- they knock on the door and they're like, hi, um, you owe Mr. Chambers this much money. Would you like to pay it on cash or check today? And dude, they always pay because when someone shows up to your house, it gets real. That shit gets real, real fast. So quick. <laughs> I just had a guy in Puerto Rico that ran off with some money and he was playing all sorts of games. He's like, well, you need to pay me a 20% fee to get this money back. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to send some huge guy off a of Craigslist to your house. Which is completely illegal, and they're very professional. They just say, hello, uh, you owe this chamber some money. Would you like to pay that today? And people are just like, are you serious? just sent someone to my house. This guy's crazy. I would love to not have to ever do that again. I tried to do that three times. I would never, I would love to never have to do that again. Because that's that. like sketchy, dude. That's awesome. I had the- one guy who did wire fraud on uh, me. And I had, I had two private investigators, both about 300 pounds, they followed him for two days. They sat next to him at Subway and ate a sandwich next to him in complete silence. Because <laughs> the FBI wouldn't do anything about it. So it, wasn't, it was like 40 grand. And um, I got my money back. He left the state. No one's ever heard from him again. But totally legal. <laughs> they are sitting outside of his house. He walks out of his house in the morning and they're just sitting there taking pictures of him. And he's like, could you imagine if you know, you know you just stole 40 grand and now these two guys are outside your house and you don't know if they're FBI. You don't know yeah. Worse yet is that they're not FBI. Yeah. <laughs> That's even scary. More than FBI at this point. You know? yeah. Not a good feeling. Yeah, he texted a mutual friend. He's like, hey, man, I got some heat on me. Uh, I'm leaving town for, for good. Holy <laughs> crap, dude. Oh, but, yeah. Good. But yeah. I would love to just say instead, hey, Visa, you know, yeah. this guy hasn't fulfilled his agreement. And they're like, yoink. Yeah, you know, well, they, they just open up a case. It's a fair type of situation. They will reach out to the the contractor and say, "Hey, this was said that it wasn't done. There's before and after pictures. Can you please prove that this is incorrect?" And you know, so it's a mini little court case, except just you know documentation. And if you have the scope of work before and after pictures, and somebody's really screwing you over, then it's it's easy to prove, and you can just be able to get your money back, which. It feels a lot better than hiring on hitmen and having people outside of, you know, houses <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a lot better way to go. That's it's great. Uh, it's just an option. Add to the arsenal. 
It's yeah, that's awesome. And I, I've only had that like three times. Like usually people are fine, but even small claims court, I've won a couple times small claims court, and then they still never paid because the local sheriff wouldn't go collect it. Yeah, it's a pain. It's still like so. it's not worth it. And so if you pay with credit card, you get the protection. And what's cool too is you typically get a ton of points if you're using the right cards that after the transaction, like uh, after a fix and flip or ground up, whatever you're doing, the project, you typically have enough points to go on a free vacation afterwards to kind of like pat yourself on the back, like good job. So there's many benefits behind utilizing credit. How do you buy property with a credit card? Yeah, it's a notorious question. A lot of people actually utilize like how I first started back in 2015. I just called up the banks and they were sending me balance transfer or cash advance options, but at the promotional rate at zero percent. So I just had them wire from the credit card into my bank account with them. They did it within 24 hours and they charged like a flat fee of one to three percent. But now it's zero percent for you know 18 months. But there's many other ways. We've done it with manufacturer spending by, by basically moving, rotating money around. And yeah, I mean, there there's other, you could use plastic or a Milo or like a merchant account. So many different ways to be able to liquidate funds into your bank account. That's awesome. Yeah. Travis, I wanted to actually ask you, because you mentioned something a little bit back about you're having some health issues when you went to sell. And so you didn't really dive into that. And if if you don't mind, I know you're a transparent, open person, but if you don't mind sharing, would love to hear a little bit about that because I know some of the listeners would probably relate and want to start prioritizing because what you did afterwards for the solution, it actually helped and, and brought clarity and, and healing, right? In many ways. Yes. I grew up in a very high stress environment. My mom was addicted to pain pills. And my dad traveled five days a week to get away from her. But he didn't know she was an addict. None of us knew. Sure. So we got locked up eight, nine hours a day, going to the bathroom on the floor, no food. And it was brutal. It was super brutal. And it was all like, she did a really good job of hiding. And unfortunately, my brother didn't make it. He, I just buried him like five months ago in Columbia. Just tailspin since then. But, um, so it was a brutal, it was brutal childhood in a lot of ways. And so that affected my health a lot, just like malnutrition. I had osteoporosis as a kid, broke like seven bones. And then she was shopping me to get pills. So she would do things to make me sick, poison my food, Munchausen syndrome, and then take me in. I have scars from dermatologists removing moles and stuff that weren't cancerous just to get pain pills, crazy stuff, really dark, dark stuff. And so my nervous system is all whacked out from that. It's just, it's on. My nervous system's always on, right? So I'm like 33 and I just kind of, I have a lot of faith power and a lot of self-belief and, you know, a lot of positive energy to counter counterbalance all of that. But we also had mold in our house. And so I had mold toxicity. I, I just found out like a year ago that I've had mold my whole life. So you've got you've got the fight or flight nervous system whacked out plus mold. And then when you have mold, what happens is your body's unable to process toxins. So I had off the charts, heavy metals. I had three strains of Lyme disease. I had lethal levels of glyphosate 
which is which is from Roundup, ironically, just from you know crops are sprayed with it. They they yeah. spray grain with Roundup, so it all goes to seed at the same time, but it passes through to us and our food. And then I also had what was the other one I had? Uh, I can't remember parasites as well. Wow. So my whole system was messed up, and I, and so and then I've got I've got a a, a a not only a fully developed face because of the malnutrition and because we pretty much just lived off of canned food growing up. Mm-hmm. My dad would come home and cook real meals, and then my mom would take those leftovers, and so we would just eat whatever we could find during the week. So my brother and I both have unde- undeveloped facial myofacial structure, so that causes like sleep apnea. All sorts of stuff. So I sell the business and I'm just so sick. And I've been running in crisis mode always, yeah. always survival mode. Yeah. So, and I've been through surgeries, doctors, right? Nothing. So I find this functional medicine nurse practitioner. Her name's Dawn Aiken. And she's been in the cardiology unit. She's worked under a cardiologist and done a lot of the stuff, pretty much everything but surgery for 30 years. Wow. COVID hits and she sees all these people coming in getting basically zero help for long COVID. And she herself had gotten diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and all these diseases, Epstein-Barr, lupus, multiple sclerosis, Hashimoto's. There's a billion names for these things that no one knows how to solve. Yeah. Parkinson's might be one of those things. And they're all autoimmune diseases caused by poor gut health and yeah. toxicity. Yeah. And so most of those things can be solved or at least the symptoms reduce significantly by good diet, a supplement detox, red light therapy, sauna. Yeah. And a lot of it's mental. A lot of the battle is mental too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You get stuck, you get stuck in these, these chronic illness cycles. Sometimes your brain starts to create the illness because the trauma associated with it. So I just worked really hard for a year, went through the full regimen. One thing that was really inspiring to me is that Gary Brecka did all of this with Dana White. Yeah. Same exact thing. Dana White had all the same. He grew up poor. He grew up on frap food, same stuff. So anyways, that's the whole journey. And that's what I've been doing at these retreats is because I'm finding, I'm finding out that a lot of these founders are just burning they're burning oil, you know, yeah. and even the ones that are pretty like doing pretty balanced, they still have a lot of stress and and that stress can create a lot of this buildup. So, so anyways, yeah, that's been it. So now I still do like sauna, red light, cold plunge. I eat very strict diet, you know, uh, meal plan and food is food is like 70% of it. Oh, for so. sure. Yeah. yeah, but doing the cold plunge, the sauna, you know, regularly, all that stuff can be just tremendous. Even fasting every so often and breaking that stuff down, you know, your chances of beating all of those unknown illnesses or or unfixable, like they don't know how to actually stop that or cure it. Right? I would say all of that stuff can be prevented with like seventy percent or more in likelihood is just eating right and then doing some of these things, you know, throughout life as well, which is incredible. So I'm a big believer in it as well. So I'm glad that you, you know, you got to see that experience. And then now you're helping out so many others kind of get to that, that positive change as well, because entrepreneurs, especially a majority of them, I would say, didn't have it easy starting off. And then, so that's part of the hero journey, right? And how they become so successful, you know, they're just going at it regularly and it's the fight or flight mentality of like, they're just going to push until they hit that level of success. 
And there's there's something amazing behind that. But then there's something also very serious that needs to be taken and a step back of like, hey, let's figure out this whole health situation. And how do we how do we really make sure that we're living the ultimate life for ourselves? You, and for our family? You, you just explained it perfectly as people who are suffering, they'll choose the hero route instead of the villain route. Yeah. But then they overutilize. They destroy themselves. Yeah. Right. They work too many hours. They don't get enough sleep. They don't eat well enough and they don't know how to turn it off. So they they succeed right at the expense of themselves. Yes. And then they get chronic disease. They die early. They sometimes turn to drugs, right? Yeah. And I think as Peter Thiel had said, like all entrepreneurs have mental illness because yeah. if you didn't, you wouldn't be an entrepreneur. And so it really is a gift and a curse. And it, it really does take like understanding how to get balance. And how to really protect the nervous system, you know? Oh, yeah. You just can't, you can't be at war all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just what it's, it's, it's why all these, these veterans, they all want to go back. Yeah. Because cortisol feels great. I was running on cortisol all these years, but cortisol kills you. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Travis, man, I appreciate you greatly. It's really amazing to be able to, you know, connect here with you and to be able to get more of your story out there. It's really, really inspiring to say the least. And I'm excited because, you know, what changed my life was real estate. Credit was the catalyst to do it, but real estate has really changed my life and started creating that generational wealth for my kids and, and my family, which is awesome. So it's, it's exciting to see that you're in that spot now and all the, you know, the cool spins that you're doing to make that experience just that much better for the end user, which is awesome. So really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for your time today to pour into all the listeners. Before you leave, would love to hear how we, any listeners can get a hold of you or contact and, and check out, you know, uh, Outpost X and, and everything else that you're going on. But before that, is there anything that the listeners or myself could do to give back to you? You just gave an hour of your time. Anything that we could do to give back to you or support you in uh, any way? I would love some info on this credit thing. I, yeah. I, I'm going to do it for chamber stays. Let's go. All right. Because I want to I want to get I've got 200 grand to go at Puerto Rico. So I'd like to to do that. And then I can pre-sell my inventory and then I'm good to go. Awesome. Well, we can we can chat about that after. I definitely want to be able to check out your event that you got coming up to. That sounds amazing and a no brainer by all means. So that would be awesome. How can people get a hold of you? I'm really active on Instagram. So it's Travis underscore Chambers. Love it. Awesome. Well, guys, I appreciate you so much for tuning in. This was an awesome episode. If you got anything like me, a bunch of notes, then you've got a ton of value today. So make sure that you reach out to Travis and show him some love as well. If if you have any questions or want to be a partner in, in some of the vision of things that he's building, the experience, it's going to be incredible. Definitely reach out to him and see how that can take place, as well as his boot camps that he has coming up. You're going to want to be a part of that for sure. So reach out to him. See how you can link up and be a part of that. Um, guys, by all means, if you want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, Facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. And if you haven't already check in, checked out creditcountselite.com. What are you waiting for? We are helping business owners like you be able to get up to 500K every six months at 0% interest. And uh, you can sit down and get a second opinion from us today. So check out creditcounselelite.com. I uh, would be honored to serve you there. And then 
If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. What are you waiting for? Do that today as well. You'll get the newest notification every Monday. Leave that five-star review. Share this out, and we'll see you on the next one. Till next time, guys. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.